I don't think anyone else got to see it, but I, I just experienced in the Alleluia as the gospel was beginning what Pentecost must have been like on that first experience. Uh, there was a little girl in the back here, right in the center aisle, just out there dancing around. And it was actually very beautiful. Uh, I hope I didn't embarrass anybody back there, but it was, uh, it was wonderful to see. Last week, I did not uh, have the chance, I presided at the 4.30, the chance to, to say something that I would like to share with you this morning. You know, the week before, I had been on uh, the D.C. trip with the 8th graders. And I think the, the Sunday before, I had asked people to pray for us. And I think some people got the idea that, well, Father Jan doesn't want to really be there with the 8th graders, or maybe he's afraid something's going to happen. But I experienced a... a, a just a fantastic time. Those kids were absolutely wonderful, well-behaved. I mean, it was, it was wonderful to, to watch them take care of one another, and uh, you raised a, a great group of young men and women. So uh, it, was, it was fun. It was actually very enjoyable. You know, it is not easy, really, it is not easy to listen to what sometimes comes across as the ramblings of John about love. And because I think we, you know, we have this feeling that life just isn't that simple. Just isn't that simple, I say. Yet all of the words that we hear from John about love, these are, these are his sermons about what he believed and who he believed Jesus was and is. And Jesus taught that the, the center of the whole way of life of his people, that's us, was loving the Lord with all one's heart and soul and might and loving each other like life itself. During Easter time, these 50 days that are, that are sort of a Sunday to the whole year, we take time to to open up these letters and, and this gospel of John. And during these 50 days, then, we try to absorb what, what we, the whole church, did on those three days between Lent and Easter, the time we call the Triduum, what we did in that time of fasting and praying, and the culmination of all of that in the waters of baptism. All of our life long, we who have been baptized in Christ return to the font after our Lent. We return year after year in the knowledge that, that all of life, every moment of our life, is a baptism for us. You know, it's no accident. In fact, it's very purposeful that we baptize at Mass regularly. Because we need to be reminded of what it is that we have entered into. All of our life as Christians, in doing the work of love, is a drowning of all that cannot be carried into God's kingdom. The font for us is a tomb, a place for dying to self. A reason why we should remind ourselves each week after dipping our hands in that blessed water of what it is that we have entered into. 
And it is a womb as well, a place from which we are born kicking and screaming into a world which we continue to resist the Lord's call to love God and neighbor. You know, Easter's 50 days are spent beside the font for a reason. That's why we sprinkle at the beginning of Mass to remind ourselves that of where we are and who we are. And to take time to ponder the womb and the tomb waters. And to try to speak about what happened there to us even as we shape the deeds of our daily life. And so we read John, hard as he can be to understand, because something seems to have told the church, and that's us, that the very trouble with John might be that he is so terribly close to the truth, the truth of the church's very life, so close, so close that he had to speak in spirals. We are baptized to be people who do love. And for the most part, we do not know how the, we don't know how the lives of most of Jesus' 12 companions ended. There are our traditions that pass down, but we don't know exactly. But we do know that they felt so absolutely compelled to bring his message of love to an at times hostile world that they were willing to give up their lives for that and the impulse the compulsion goes on it's never ended you know I know that I know that it is not ended as I feel the joy of God's love in every bone and every fiber of my body. And I feel compelled to bring that message into this world. You know that Jesus lived a short but fruitful life characterized by joy, by joy. And any who say that discipleship of him, that is to say our Christian life, is a joyless existence, well, what I would say to you is that you've experienced a counterfeit of Christian life, not the real thing. Jesus told us everything that he had heard from his Father for one purpose only. And that was to share his joy, to share his joy of everything he knew of the Father, to share his joy with us. And that joy is found in a life of friendship with Jesus Christ, a life of discipleship, a life of laying down one's life for a friend. And who is that friend? Well, I hope it's Jesus himself for you, your spouse, your children, fellow parishioners, 
child in Honduras, whoever does not know the joy has not received that message, or it's been stunted, perverted, interfered with. If there is love for all of our fellow humanity, un, un, in, uninterrupted love, and a will to serve, then the only outcome possible is joy. Joy through, through our depressions, through our sadness, through our frustration, a deep-seated and abiding joy. And certainly, we, we know with every bone and, and every memory that this assembly called the church isn't always up to the job, isn't up to living so that, that God's glory is revealed, isn't up to embracing the joy that is bound to follow the loving. And I know that many here struggle. We all know that. You know that. And I believe that perhaps this is because we allow our instinctive animal behavior to win out in our dealings with others. We are hurt. We hurt others. That's not what God wants, you know, but it is perhaps the most powerful instinct that we have to preserve ourselves. And this instinct works all the time in a subtle way. And it can make us exclusive and protective. And the aim of this instinct is to make everything and everyone ours so that they can serve us. But the grace of Jesus Christ changes this instinct. And of course, we have the freedom to allow that or not. And it reverses its dynamic. And this is the reality that is described in our readings today. God's love does not work from instinct as we know it. God loves us first and is the source and the grace of reversal. God's love includes all and, and makes us include all. It abolishes the distinction between master and slave, possessor and possessed, and it opens the way to friendship. Love freely offered, open-ended, is the substance of a life of grace, and it's fundamental for our Christian life together. I would hope that because of what you know and have heard in the scriptures, you're familiar with the two great bodies of water that exist in the Holy Land. And they are a marvelous analogy to the life of grace and friendship that our readings speak of today. I think it was not an accident that the great deeds of the gospel happened in the Holy Land. One of these is the Sea of Galilee, and the other is the Dead Sea. And the Sea of Galilee teems with life all around it, within. 
There are lots of fish, other creatures. There's green in the land around it. And the Dead Sea is not that. Nothing exists within it. Nothing lives around it. It's barren countryside. But both of these are fed by the same river, Jordan. So let's call the Jordan God's love. And it flows into the Sea of Galilee. And for every drop of water that flows in, another flows out freely. The Sea of Galilee is always fresh and renewed, and it freshens and renews the life around and within it. The Jordan, God's love again, also flows freely into the Dead Sea. But the Dead Sea holds on to all of it, and it becomes stale, and it becomes briny, and nothing is fresh within or near. The Jordan is God's love. Which body of water would you identify yourself with? Loving God, following Jesus Christ, begins with sharing God's love, God's grace with others. It begins when we allow that we allow that God's grace to flow out of ourselves and into the lives of others.